This is MuggleCast, your Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts podcast covering everything about J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 307. Micah, Eric, and I are here this week. Our final episode of 2016. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. It's been a great year to be a Harry Potter fan to be listening to Harry Potter podcast, if I do say so myself. <laughs> and joining us this week, making her MuggleCast debut, Danielle Zimmerman, a writer at Hypable.com. Hi, Danielle. Hello, hello. You've listened to MuggleCast for a while, right? Um, Yes, actually, uh, since episode 100. I think that's what drew me in. And then I've been listening ever since. And that Aww. kind of got me my job at Hypable and all that kind of stuff. So it started right here. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, that's how you get hired at Hypable. You just tell me you you listen to MuggleCast and <laughs> I get flattered. Exactly. And I'm like, all right. Oh, and your writing is okay, I guess. <laughs> but more it's importantly, passable. more importantly, um, you'll listen to I, don't, I wasn't well, on that episode. Mike and I. Yeah, yeah, you weren't, Micah. And that's probably why she likes it so much. Uh, but you and I, um, <laughs> you and I have met Danielle in person multiple times at conventions indie popcon in was it 2014 uh and chicago oh, wizard yeah. world yeah so we we're old uh con going buds so it's super exciting to, to have you on our on our show yeah and danielle's a total sweetheart so it's great to have you on Aww, th- th- thank, thank you, you. For joining us. absolutely so today we are going to talk a little bit of news and then we're gonna have another main discussion on Newt's expulsion and Lita Lestrange. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on there, including some revelations we heard earlier this week. We're also going to do a year in review, and we asked our listeners for um, to tell us what they would want out of it, what more they want out of an American Wizarding World. So we're going to talk about all of these things. Let's start with the news. Um, I feel like 27. 2016 has been saved by this first story. Um, <laughs> That's a bold statement. I, I don't know. I know. I tweeted it. I tweeted it, though. So I made it real. Um, Scorpius is in Harry Potter in, and the Cursed Child. The understudy. His name is James LeLacure. LeCure? Something like that. Yeah. LeCure. <laughs> <laughs> he had some interesting comments about the relationship between uh albus and scorpius he said that um let me get to the right quote here he said they're 14 years old and still exploring who they are it's up to each individual scorpius and albus combination to play it how they feel it should be done i think everything in the text is wonderfully elastic and can be read in different ways and you can play with a definite possibility of there being an attraction between scorpius and albus and also between Scorpius and Rose, Rose yeah, Granger, blah, 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 Weasley. Blah, 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 yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was nice to see for somebody like me who has been shipping Scorbus all year. Y'all may remember I wrote a very, very inappropriate fan fiction detailing the two characters. <laughs> I, st- I still haven't read it, but I'm saving it for cozying what? up by the fire this winter. Are you going to read true. it New Year's Eve? <laughs> uh, I think it should be the first thing that I read in 2017 because it's so progressive, right? 
and uh you know right thinking and yeah i think that's what it's gonna be wow but it was nice to hear this because it was one of the first times an actor has in the play has acknowledged it uh i did learn later that anthony boyle who plays scorpius full-time he's the lead scorpius actor he says i do think they love one another that's evident in what they do and say but it's not a sexual or romantic love so he's kind of he sees it differently than James does the Scorpius understudy. It's um, a bromance, and it right? seems like it. Well, to to Anthony Boyle's, it's a bromance. To me, it's a romance. <laughs> uh, I, I, but, look, I I think we've all read it. I I think the text supports it. I thought you know as soon as you mentioned it on our first uh you know recap show or preview show or whatever it was we did, uh, I was behind it. I think it's I think it's real. So I'm with you. Scorpius is real. <laughs> Danielle, did you get that vibe? Yeah, I totally did. Um, I kept waiting for it to be made explicit while I was reading The Cursed Child. And that was oh. one of the things that I actually really liked about the book was their relationship. Um, so I really like this understudy's take on it. And I think that he's he's so eloquent in the way that he puts it out there um, that it's hard not to agree with him. Yeah, agreed. Um, I also thought it was interesting that um, he did point out the fact that they are 14 years old, so they don't really know who they are themselves yet. And that's completely Mm -hmm. fair. That's completely fair. Anyway, I enjoyed reading that little uh, interview. Yeah, I I think this interpretation of the text makes it look better. It's elastic, you know? You can can infuse your own. It makes it look really... I don't know, well thought out and forward and, and developed and all the things you just don't immediately think of when reading The Cursed Child. Um, yeah. So this story may have saved the year, but this was still the year we got this god-awful play. <laughs> oh, wow. So That's not... Sorry, <laughs> wow. I had to say it. Scrooge over here. Yeah. Humbug. Humbug, everybody. It's um, not a god-awful play if you see it. Not a production. It, it, it's not a god-awful production. It's just, yeah, yeah. I guess and I don't know if it's a god awful story. I mean, that's very. I, I was being harsh very... on purpose. I was being edgy, you guys. Okay, all right, I was... all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to something more positive. Actually, no, this may drive you crazier. <laughs> um, Amazon has unveiled the best selling books of 2016, and surprise, surprise, number one is Harry Potter and the Cursed Child special rehearsal edition <laughs> because everybody was sold a bill of goods. Yes, everyone was promised the eighth story. Yep. Absolutely what catapulted it to number one. I I can't... um, If this was not called the eighth story, I wonder where this book would sit on this list. Yeah. I mean, it's still the next Harry Potter story book, whatever you want to call it, right? I mean, it's it's still what happens next for Harry Potter. And I do question how much in marketing, like, it matters to have a big ribbon on the book that says the next Harry Potter, so people get it, but it's still called Harry Potter and the, and, uh, I, I, I really feel like this was inevitable, um, because Harry Potter is such a hot property. Um. Yeah. So hot. And it's been, what, uh, nine years since the last book, so... People were kind of roaring, rip-roaring to go, very excited. Mm-hmm. And uh, the book release parties were all amazing. They were great fun seeing seeing our former friends and getting another Harry Potter book felt just like old times. Um, so no surprises, really, that it's that it did so well. 
rounding out the top five here, uh, When Breath Becomes Air, The Whistler, The Last Mile, and then Killing the Rising Sun, How America Vanquished World War II, World War II Japan. That book by Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Ooh. So I haven't read any of these books in the top 20, except for Chris Child. <laughs> well, Curse Child is making us relevant, uh, passable humans, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because we should probably, all of us should, like as humans, we should probably read maybe seven of the top 20 in any given year. I think that's just sort of be, should be a mandate, right? Um, well, time? I'm not who sure about time? that. But I will say at least yeah. the Curse Child, Andrew, it inspired you to become a writer as well. So there's there's that extra. It did. Yeah. Some good did come yeah. out of it. Yeah. <laughs> And I would say, like, usually yeah. the, the books that are in, for the most part, the top 20, I mean, or maybe the top five, let's say, I mean, they have a lot of uh, marketing vehicles available to them. The one you mentioned about um, World War II that was written by Bill O'Reilly. I, would, I wouldn't think that under normal circumstances, a book written by Bill O'Reilly would, would find its way um, as high as that. But I know he's written other books as well. Yes. And I'm not making Amazon a political statement. Did... If it was written by somebody else that was a celebrity <laughs> or a political pundit, oh, sure. I would feel the same Too way. Too late, Micah. Too late. Biased. <laughs> Get off the show. Um, Amazon also did a best-selling kids' books list. And, of course, Cursed Child's still at number one. The Fantastic Beast script book is at number four. And then Chamber of Secrets Illustrated Edition is at lucky number seven. So if you take all the adult books out, Harry Potter's in the top three, three of the ten yeah. spots. Well, that, and that's and that's shocking. Well, it's sort of not shocking at all. But the, 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 those books, those last two, came out much later. Uh, the, the Fantastic Beasts script book has been out for a month today. Um, yeah, you know, and and Illustrated Chamber of Secrets was that December? I mean, that it came out. I mean, it was or October. It was it was certainly you know October. again the last. Last two months of the year. Um, so very surprising. And it shows that Harry Potter is continually blowing out of the water. Um, you know, whatever else is out there. Um, it's still By the, the way, highest grab. Bill O'Reilly having a great year. He's got a book in the kids list. Number 17, Give Please a Chance by Bill O'Reilly and James what? Patterson. What? <laughs> I'm not sure what my opinion author. of James Patterson is now. <laughs> But you're not biased. No, not at all. <laughs> Fair and balanced, just like Fox News. <laughs> so one more story today, and this is going to lead us into a discussion on uh, Newt's expulsion, led by Micah, who's been putting these main discussions together for us. Thank you, Micah. Of course. Thank you, Micah. I, well, actually, I didn't even... Whoever wrote... Was it you that wrote that article, Andrew? Yes. You, you basically put the discussion together. I just... I copied and pasted. Oh. Oh, a few of oh, my thoughts are in there, but it's mostly you. I mean, oh, this is this. Oh, you see geez. how your writing is just continuing to influence throughout 2016. <laughs> Thank you, Cursed Child. <laughs> wow, I'm having second thoughts about this play all of a sudden. It's brought me a lot this year. <laughs> so, um, okay, so. <laughs> So, Snitch Seeker, once again, they've been, they've been digging deep into these Fantastic Beasts books that have come out in support of the movie. They've and... really been at the forefront for years, though. I will say that. Yeah, they, they do dig deep. They do a, they do a good job. Um, so one of these books, it's available. I've seen it at Barnes and Noble and Target. It's called The Case of Beasts. And it's a 
cool looking book. It looks like a looks like Newt's case. Yeah. And there's some interesting developments in here about Newt's expulsion. First of all, remember we made a big fuss out of Newt being expelled from Hogwarts. It was in that first trailer. We were all like, oh my gosh, why was he expelled? We were looking at his wand. Why does he still have his wand? Um, oh, but there's like the, the, the bottom of his wand is hollow. So like the core has maybe been extracted. So like he was like his half wand was like half broken. Anyway, um, Newt. So this is from the Case of Beasts book. Newt had faced a proposed expulsion due to, quote, the illegal possession of a magical beast causing endangerment of human life in violation of animal welfare. Um, proposed. It was just a proposed expulsion. Huh. Um, Dumbledore did help prevent it. And according to a page from the Case of Beasts, the expulsion was never enforced. Dumbledore defended Newton, resulting in his name being cleared. Newt's file, this whole incident, occurred in 1913, suggesting it was in his fifth or sixth year at Hogwarts. And also, um, the case of Beast says that Lita was, quote, the real reason Newt was forced to leave Hogwarts. And the book also prefaces that little tidbit by saying it was revealed. But it was revealed where? In the movie? Because it definitely wasn't revealed in no, the movie. No, it wasn't revealed so, in the movie, yeah. Was a scene cut? Mm-hmm. Huh. So, so in a nutshell, we're learning that Newt actually never was expelled, but he did end up leaving anyway because of Lita. And it seems to me like Lita was the person who, I guess we're basically getting into the dis- discussion now. Lita was the person who caused trouble in Hogwarts with a beast. Maybe there was a restraining order. I don't know. He just... <laughs> Oh, that would be that would be sad. This is odd. This is you guys. This is so weird. So like there is this whole incident with this beast. Newt is sort of kicked out, but not really. He he can stay, but he chooses to leave or does leave anyway. Very, very odd. Very confusing. Um, Yeah. And and then in in an interview again with Snitch Snitch Sneaker, uh, when they were on the red carpet for Fantastic Beasts, they asked J.K. Rowling um, why he was expelled. And she said. He did something. Well, he took the blame for something someone else did. That's significant, but I can't tell you why. And then they asked, <laughs> how did he get to keep his wand? And she said, that's also significant, but I can't tell you why. So she must be referring to Lita when she says he took the blame for something someone else did. Yeah. Um, it's like Hagrid taking the blame for the Chamber of Secrets being opened. Not that he mm-hmm. did that willingly. Um, but you know, people are dying. There's some danger and there's some real consequences. It's just, they're sort of under Dumbledore, even they're misdirected. Like, I don't know. I don't know what Dumbledore's fixation is with the wrong people getting the consequences essentially. Um, well, I think it's, there's a, there's a big difference, um, in that Hagrid was set up versus yeah, Newt doesn't really seem like he was necessarily set up. Although, Maybe Lita played him a little bit, um, but it seems like she was the one that that did something, and he was just looking to cover up for her. I don't think Hagrid was looking to uh, cover up for Tom Riddle. No, but I guess what I'm trying to say is Dumbledore should have clearly known that Hagrid wasn't the one who opened the chamber, and uh, you know, as much as 
because Dumbledore was there for Hagrid when it came time to have him stay on the grounds, right? So it's like, well, you know, we're going to mess up your life. You're never going to get proper wizarding schooling, Hagrid, but you can remain as groundskeeper because I believe you're innocent. Then cut to Newt, and it's like, okay, you're, you've been expelled, but you really don't have to go because I like you a whole heck of a lot. Um, and then he finally, another incident occurs, I guess, separate to what, whatever caused him to nearly be expelled the first time. And Newt covers for his girlfriend. Again, Dumbledore should have seen through it. Um, but, but doesn't and chooses that it's okay that, that Newt should just not finish his schooling and gets to keep his wand. It's so, like, I think it's favoritism towards Newt. I think it somehow looks worse when you compare the, the Hagrid thing. I don't know. What do you guys think? To me, both instances kind of feel a little bit like Dumbledore is looking ahead. Um, in the case of, in the case of Hagrid, it could have been him knowing that Hagrid didn't do it, but not intervening because he probably knew that it was Tom Riddle or that there was something else going on. And so for Hagrid taking the fall, it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off of the person who's actually behind it so that Dumbledore can follow that person. And I'm wondering if it's kind of something similar with Lita Lestrange and like some sort of beast going on. Cause this is also, this is pre his friendship with Grindelwald, isn't it? Or is it around the time of his friendship? I guess my question is, is, is it prompted by that friendship to, do something with what's going on with Newt, like if that's connected at all. Does that make sense? Like he's being sketchy a little bit? Like do you think, so, Yeah, because it, it does sort of smell like Newt is leaving Hogwarts for a greater good. Uh, like, like it's not just he's sacrificing this thing for his girlfriend, but if you uh, are under the guise of somebody who was, you know, a misfit and expelled, the powers that be are going to think less of you. Like, is he, could he be on a secret, you know, spying mission? I guess we asked this last week on MogoCast to, you know, for Dumbledore, essentially, to where being expelled is just a cover and really Newt is, is in the inner circle of trying to expose the, the dark. Exactly. Like a means to an end. Like Dumbledore defending or not right. defending is a means to an end. We're still talking about somebody who at the time is less than 18 years old, though, um, which is it. So it's sort of weird that Newt would be in any kind of situation. And this was if 1913, if that date uh, is correct, then it's still 13 years prior to uh, the first Fantastic Beasts film. And so whatever it was, and then that's probably what I find most interesting, because it means whatever it was, the issue is sort of long past. There's no way that Newt, you know, for 13 years has been spying on, you know, Grindelwald. Like, Grindelwald is just, and and that's his brother's job anyway, you know, to spy on Grindelwald. So, I, I don't quite, I don't think the two are connected, but it's weird that they both are, I mean, they're obviously both very important to Newt. I just, I wonder if Dumbledore lost a bit of credibility after this first incident, and that's why Hagrid's sentence is so strict. It's it they're they're very similar in terms of a beast being set loose. We don't know in this particular case if anybody died as a result. Uh, it's certainly possible, but I feel like Dumbledore has been down this road before, where he's vouched for somebody in Newt, was able to prevent that person from being expelled from the school, prevent his wand from being broken in half. But yet the complete opposite happens to Hagrid as a result of 
the Chamber of Secrets, right? So it, maybe it was a situation almost where it was beyond Dumbledore's control because they said, hey, Albus, you've been here before. And <laughs> it didn't turn out the way that uh, we wanted it to. So this is the second time that it's happened and we're not going for it. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Um, yeah, in both cases, Dumbledore is not yet headmaster, so he can't exactly do whatever he wants. Yeah, I kind of like your idea. Um, just that his record was a little tarnished, so maybe he wasn't able to help Hagrid as much as he'd helped Newt. Although I will say, now with Fantastic Beasts, we all know that Newt grew to to save the Wizarding World. Um, he captured Grindelwald for crying out loud. Um, so. By the time 1942-1945 rolls around, unless Newt does something to further tarnish his image, which would be really interesting, um, I can't see it counting against Dumbledore. Um, that Dumbledore kind of defended this kid when he was in school. Right, right. I mean, Newt. It's like, hey, look, he he was able to catch Johnny Depp. That's pretty impressive, right, y'all? I was I was right about <laughs> this guy, you know, protecting him. But But it's just so interesting getting back to, like, Newt's expulsion and this relationship with Lita... Because following the release of Fantastic Beasts, J.K. Rowling, of course, was getting tons of tweets. Who is Lita Lestrange? Why was Newt expelled but allowed to keep his wand? And she actually responded to a few of these on Twitter with uh, by quoting the tweet and saying things like, uh, all will be revealed, or, or trust me, or you will find out in movie two. There's a lot of like answers that we're getting that say movie two is going to have these answers. And Sort of what I was talking about last week about Joe directing the conversation to where we are asking exactly the questions that she wants us to ask because it's intentional in the way that she put it in the script. Oh, this is, you know, meant to provoke these sorts of we're meant to be asking who Lita is. We're meant to be asking why wants why Newt still has his wand. And I think it's it, it, I'm glad and relieved that it's a setup for the second film and not the fourth or fifth, uh, that it does seem like we'll be getting a lot of these answers uh, next time. Mm. Hopefully, because we have two years to wait in between each movie as it's looking right now, and all of this... Not if you were writing, Andrew. If you were writing, we'd already have them all done. They'd be a lot dirtier, too. <laughs> and I don't think you would like them, Micah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, again, where 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 is where do you guys think Newt is getting these beasts, uh, <clears throat> these foreign beasts, especially when he's a student? You know, where where are all these beasts coming from the forest mm. uh what exactly do you think do you think young newt even was a a traitor of magical beasts or was there somebody else was yeah Aberforth i mean there's a whole backstory or, you could get into yeah. there at some point and maybe that's something that that sounds like something that is important information but not necessarily important for the movies so maybe that's something that could come out that. in the new fantastic beast book early next year um yeah, I guess the Forbidden Forest could potentially offer many creatures, and maybe, maybe his brother, who's older than him, right, could somehow have been dabbling in it and well as well, helping him collect uh, trips to Hogsmeade. Like he could meet up with people when he's out there because he's yeah. a he's a older level student. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just it's just so bold. I, but, but I can kind of see Theseus saying, oh, look, little, you know, baby brother, I just got you a really cool, you know, creature I picked up. Uh, I think you'll enjoy yeah. it. You know, like if, if, 
uh, if they're, if they have a good relationship, just kind of, uh, furthering his little brother's ambition right. to, to kind of go, go Because his own if way. that's Newt's passion, then he probably wants to help him with that passion. Yeah. Such a good bigger brother. I love, like, all of our discussion on Theseus, and there was a, a big, uh, was it, I think at least half an hour on Theseus, uh, that's a bonus muggle cast for this month over on our Patreon, but it's all about Theseus and sort of what we speculate if his relationship with Newt was positive. And I just, I love that discussion and I love thinking about Theseus as a, a loving older brother, uh, more than I do about, you know, an obstacle for Newt to overcome. But it's just special that she's given us not only the first Hufflepuff leading actor or leading character in a, in a Harry Potter story, um, which I still love, but, you know, she's given him this brother who has a potential to be much more involved in the in the darker war aspects of the uh, franchise. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see if Newt will still remain kind of level-headed, more of the uh, not comic relief, but in the in the way of the more the fantasy elements, like the way that the Fantastic Beasts movie was all about uh, at times the wonder of the world, but it was only that when it was dealing with the beasts and everything else was depressing 1920s America. Um, so, yeah. It's also possible that he just develops an affinity for these creatures through uh, a care of magical creatures class that he could be taking. Maybe he gets close to the professor uh, that's teaching it. And, you know. <laughs> and was it uh, Kettleburn? Was it uh, is it Sylvanus Kettleburn? The the care of magical creature, the guy it with could be the guy. I think he is. I'm going to look it up. All of his limbs got burned off. And, there was a great Pottermore writing. One other thing, though, that um, I read, and somebody mentioned it in the uh, the patron comments, was the creature that was, in fact, released. And it's on the uh, Harry Potter Wikipedia, which I don't think I've seen anywhere before. And I don't know where the information is coming from. No, and that's – we have to be very careful because that's – the HP Wikia is, is – is all that it's always that they say the weirdest <laughs> stuff on there and there's no source cited. And it's just like people, because it's hp.wikia.com. Uh, you're, you're just like, Oh my God, this has to be Canon. Well, we should be very skeptical about I'm going to look right now because the, the thing that they copy and pasted into Patreon, it's sourced. I see the little source numbers there. So, right. Yeah. Ooh. Well, it's, can we say what it is? Yeah, go ahead. Or is yeah, that whatever it's, it's called a Jarvie. Yeah. And it's basically an overgrown ferret, and it's capable of human speech, although true conversation with the Jarvie is supposedly impossible. Uh, the creature uses short, usually rude statements and phrases in an almost constant stream. And uh, they're particularly good at hunting gnomes, so uh, it would do well in uh, the Weasley Garden. But that doesn't seem like a, a beast to me that would be that dangerous dangerous a talking ferret hmm. yeah. i was actually going through um my fantastic beast and where to find them book this morning um just to see if there was anything i can bring up and it's in here there's a whole section sort of about the jarvie when you started oh. talking about it it reminded me of it because i just skimmed it this morning um hmm. so it's in that little um book the one for comic relief um what do they say what are they talking about um they're it was in a section about where muggles are mistaking these beasts for something else. Um, and talking about, they were talking about like this 
how muggles are usually believed to be like drunk or crazy when they're talking about what these what normal animals are doing when they're actually like beasts. And so mm-hmm. there was just this, this tale about a guy who's talking to a friar and the friar was unwilling to believe that the guy had met a talking ferret um, and basically asked the guy if he had been drunk. Yeah. It's just so, like a small it's just like a small anecdote, but yeah. it's it's in here. Maybe that's I, the source. No, well, so I'm looking at the source from the from the wikia and it's true. Um they cite two things. One, the movie handbook has this little passage. Uh one day Lita went too far with an experiment that ended up endangering a fellow student's life. Instead of allowing his good friend to get expelled, Newt took the blame for Lita and was expelled in her place. Uh, so that, but, so that's from the movie handbook. And then from the case of beasts, there's this, um, file on Newt, the one that I mentioned earlier with 1913. And I've been skimming it here. And it does say in the notes, magical beast, Jarvie, level Z? Level, does it have a level in, um, that, that book, Danielle? Uh, three. I'm gonna look right now. Okay. It's hard to make out. This is a oh, kind I'm of seeing, a blurry image. Yeah. I came across a, it's a level uh, th- mid-level direct communication. Sorry, go ahead. What? Level, level three. three? Yeah, it's a level three. Yeah, that's what I'm reading here too. Yeah. Illegal possession of magical beasts causing endangerment of human life and violation of animal welfare laws. Um, well, I guess the cat's out of the jar is out of the bag. <laughs> Ferrets out of the bag, everybody. Here's here's the thing, and it's kind of unfortunate that the information comes out this way. When you have a movie with no source material, like with, with no book that it's based on, WB and you know their various partners want to create this merchandise to make as much money as possible. They have to fill it with as much information. They have to come up with as much information as possible. J.K. Rowling wants to use legitimate information. So naturally this information is going to keep leaking out because this is the the problem with merchandising. This happens with Star Wars, this happens with Lord of the Rings, it happens with all major franchises and everyone is probably not going to be able to be on the same page. Like JK Rowling may not even know that this information is floating out there in books that you can go pick up mm-hmm. in your local department well, store. Well, she does now. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, she she clearly is the sole source of information, though, to the point where, like, that would not be in the handbook if she hadn't written it at some point, either in a in a spec script or early draft or you know, su- uh, supplemental material that was seen by the people who pull for right. those things for this merchandise. So, so it is true in the truest sense of you know, this is what J.K. Rowling said had happened. Uh, but I agree, like. You have much less control over when that information comes yeah. out. Um, and with something as popular as Harry Potter, there are going to be eyes on it. There's, there are going to be people, um, who are skimming and scanning, uh, every sentence for more information. And it's really fascinating that it's described as being an experiment that went wrong. Like Lita was experimenting and this Jarvie got set loose. Like, what was she doing with the ferret? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. I, and uh, but it's just kind of it's too bad that like you know J.K. Rowling gets asked this on the premiere red carpet and she's like, oh, I can't reveal that. Sorry. Like she probably doesn't want that information out there right now, but <laughs> it's out there because yeah, I I just I love I love Joe. Right, <laughs> that's significant, but I can't tell yeah. you why he did if something. You, 
But I, I, if I can't you want to find why. out, spend twenty bucks on a book at Target. <laughs> oh yeah, that wasn't what she said. But yeah, I, I love it because it reminds me of old Joe. Right? Whenever somebody would ask a really good question right. at like the book five readings um, or book six readings, and she just like got all yeah, that's a good know, point. Kind of smiled and I guess we haven't heard her um, say that in a long time, have we? Like I can't tell you why because there's more to come. She, she holds all the she, secrets. She'll say anything about Harry Potter right now. You follow her on Twitter, you know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what else do we have to talk about here? Um, Newt clearly took the blame for Lita. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's... Micah... That's pretty clear. Yeah, it's it's pretty clear. Is it, do you, is it just... Are we just going to chalk that up to romantic feelings for now? Is this love? I think so, or or just friendship. I mean, we don't know what kind of uh, person Newt was at Hogwarts. I don't. I don't see him as being the uh, you know center of attention necessarily. He seems like uh, a little socially awkward. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that uh, maybe the the two of them bonded over that. Yeah, and. Uh, you know the Lestrange family. Yeah, I think it is. I think you're right. Uh, is is even at this point in time, right? Uh, Queenie mentions it in the movie. Is is known for bad things. And, you know, this is pre Bellatrix, so uh, this family name definitely has a reputation. And also thinking of how Newt is, I'm wondering if if him taking the blame for Lita while out of friendship or whatever was going on there was also for the benefit of the Beast as well. Um, where like if he was taking the blame, if he was taking the fall, he would be able to make sure that the, the beast wasn't compromised or wasn't going to be hurt in any way. Whereas maybe if Lita were to take the fall, she wouldn't have the same sort of, not stipulations, but she wouldn't have the same sort of mindset. And so the beast would be in danger. That's a really good point. Um, especially if Newt's able to lie about what was done to it, or if he's able to repair some of like the, the issues with them just repopulating the beasts. Again, from the Wikia, um, it states that the uh, Animal Welfare Department at the Ministry of Magic was required to rehouse the beast. Um, so they didn't kill it. The beast survived, and I think that would have been a good motivator for Newt uh, in stepping forward, as well as his friendship with Lita. And then again, you know, thinking about the horrible Lestrange family uh, who have a tendency to dark arts, the only thing it takes to be an outcast from a family like that is to be good, is to be a good person, right? Is to not want to cause uh, death and destruction, is to be a serious black mm-hmm. uh, who was ostracized from his family, um, you know, for not necessarily falling into uh, the dark arts practice. So uh, Lita could actually end up being, even though it's a little questionable, experimental charms on a ferret, um, you know, she could end up being just a a good person. Mm. Um, James is pointing out just something to keep in mind. Bellatrix was married to Lestrange. It wasn't her family name. Lita would be an ancestor to Rodolphus Lestrange. Um, Elizabeth says, that's jumping back a moment. Um, it's kind of sloppy that she basically let this information be published, referring to this Lita information getting out via these books. She says, I think it's odd that those extra books were published. Um, Noelle says uh, she thinks it's all breadcrumbs. And I liked Eric's point. 
it's I think it's supplemental material that had to be written. It had to exist to keep everything, all the merchandising straight. They had to all work behind all the teams had to work behind one story. And so J.K. Rowling wrote this stuff, not intending for any of it to get out now. Or maybe maybe there was a scene in Fantastic Beasts where we learn this information and we might find out on the DVD Blu-ray next year. Um, I don't think they'll ever release it, even if it, even if it was shot. You don't think I so? Think. They want to keep the Lita stuff under wraps. We still don't have outtakes. We still don't have outtakes from from the first seven or eight Harry Potter films. I, you know, they're they're hiding the best stuff. <laughs> these, these are different, I think. Well, yeah, they could save them for like some ultimate box set in like twenty thirty five. But they did yeah, that just, already. I mean, just because they want to. They want to preserve the story, I think. Um, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know if I'd call it sloppy that this information is getting out. I think it's hard because you're not dealing with a book. You're not dealing with uh, a novel that is 300 or 700 pages with tons of detail in it to choose from. And so I think that J.K. Rowling is still interested in leaving breadcrumbs, uh, you know, and is, is leaving these things for the hawk-eyed fans to find. I, I think it's important. So maybe... I would argue that maybe it's intentional or at the very least it's it's I'm sure sure Joe's okay with it. Yeah. Being out there. Mm-hmm. And thank you to Sal Lu for sharing that wiki information with us. <laughs> they yes, want credit. They're requesting credit right now. They're Oh, are they really? <laughs> I wonder who gave them the wiki link. Cough cough. <laughs> Andrew. Micah. No, look, we're what? I didn't do anything. Uh <laughs> No, no, but thank you though, seriously, for for yeah, really creating this uh, this entire discussion. Yeah. But it, you know, I, I think that Eric, what you said is is on point because just go back to our main discussion from last week, and and sure, it was something that a lot of Potter fans caught on to right away about Ariana being an obscurus. But I I do think the breadcrumbs are there. I, I think that's the whole point is that. You know, you're able to take this new story and find ways to tie it back to Potter. Uh, I don't think that's you know the overall intent, but I think that there are going to be things that are out there that all we have to do is is pay attention to and and sort of follow the uh, spiders a little bit to to get to the right answers. You know, and <laughs> I, I that I, because that's how her mind works. That's how it's worked. Ever since she started to write this series, you know, I think back to her old website and, you know, the way that she would release different pieces of information, it, you know, even Pottermore, it, the information is there. You know, we're talking about 20 years worth of material that's out there. So I'm sure if somebody really wanted to do the digging, they could, they could find out a lot of these answers before she ever puts them out there uh, in a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah follow the spiders yeah, why like couldn't that? it be follow the butterfly is that your run yeah. impression whiny spot on thank you I like it. <laughs> yeah uh let's move on to some patron comments i think some other ones uh cody says sure i'm not sure how reliable these film books are as a source of canon could be jk rowling had this information in an early version of the script but it was revised for the final draft Maybe she changed her mind or what happens, but they found this in some old scripts so put it in there. I'll be waiting for J.K. Rowling to confirm before I take any of this as gospel. 
I think you can take it as gospel because before these books get published, it, they go through people. They go through team rolling to make sure it's all on the up and up. It's just that J.K. Rowling didn't know, <laughs> I guess, that this information was in there. And by the way, um, Cody wrote this comment before seeing our discussion or hearing our discussion. So, Yeah. No, but I would Here's agree. Noelle again. Um, or I, no, I would agree with... She says, yeah. up until this recent information came out, my theory had been that there was an accident with a beast in Newt's care that resulted in Lita's death and that we would be seeing her in flashbacks, not present day. Now that this new information has come out, I wonder if Lita was trying to use a magical creature for her own gain and went poorly and Newt saved her and took the blame. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And finally, Alex says, my working theory is that Lita was using Newt in order to get a hold of a magical creature that she needed for whatever reason. When the ministry did their investigation into the incident that put someone's life in danger, they recognized that Newt was not actually at fault. However, they could not allow him to return to Hogwarts because the parents of the children he and Lita endangered would be furious. Therefore, Dumbledore recommended that in exchange for keeping his wand... I'm allergic to this comment. Thank Bless you. you. Bless you. <laughs> I was trying to hold that in to make the comment. Uh, where was I? Uh, however, they could not allow him to return to Hogwarts because the parents of the children he and Lita endangered would be furious. Therefore, Dumbledore recommended that in exchange for keeping his wand, Newt would go to work for the Ministry of Magic where they could keep a close eye on him. This would explain why Newt spent years working as a lowly Ministry of Magic employee, earning a pitiful salary of two sickles a week. His own words in the inter- introduction of the textbook. Hmm. Bunch of theories. Good theories. Uh, t- yeah, I I really want to know what Lita was doing with that ferret. Like, what what purpose? How could you... Even what Noel's comment said, like, she's using it um, for her own gain. Like, what possible... How do you... What value does a Jarvi have at all? Why Why do they even... Not why do they exist, that's harsh, but why Why bring one in and set it loose in Hogwarts? What can you possibly gain from a talking beast? There's clearly bits about this creature that we just do not know yet. Well, clearly that wasn't in the Target book, so <laughs> we'll have to wait to find yeah. out. And again, that, that new Fantastic <laughs> Beast book is going to come out in, I think, February or March. I think that we're going to have to talk about that book for a few episodes because <laughs> there's got to be some good information in there. I'm excited about that. We'll definitely have to pay extra attention to the Jarvi entry and see if anything was changed. Or it comes out March 14th, 2017, by the way. Ooh. This is the one with the new forward, I believe. Yeah, new forward from J.K. Rowling. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, if anybody has any feedback on that, please do write in mugocast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter, twitter.com slash mugocast. So, let's look back a little bit on the year that was for Harry Potter fans. Um, this was a really big year. I it, Probably the biggest since 2007 or 2011. Um, I yep. think this is the year that kicks... It is the year that kick-started Harry Potter again. Um, I was saying, and some people disagreed with me at the beginning of this year, that... Harry Potter would be making a comeback in 2016. And some people said, 
Harry Potter never died. It's always been been burning strong, burning bright. And yes, but I mean, it really came back. I mean, it just if you if we're kind of in a bubble right now, enjoying. Well, some of us are enjoying the Cursed Child. All of us are enjoying Fantastic Beasts. Just thinking about the fact that we're at the end of the year where a Harry Potter, a two-part Harry Potter play and movie one of a new five-part series came out Jeez. in the same year. It's really incredible. Right. And I know you have it in here, but for those in the Harry Potter community, 2016 did not start off on the best foot. Uh, you want to go there already? All right. Well, yeah, unfortunately, we That's lost true. Alan Rickman at the very beginning of this year. It's I did check. It feels like so long ago. I wasn't sure if it was last year or this year, but he died in in January. It was a surprise to everybody. We didn't know he had been he had been ill. Um, and it it really hit everybody because he he was a father figure to so many. And of course, we've all seen so many of his movies and we all loved him as Snape. I mean, we still all think about his role as Snape. He was, he did an amazing job. And I remember when I was yeah. reviewing The Cursed Child on this podcast, I said that if there was one character that didn't work for me on stage, it was Snape because Alan Rickman just brought such a great portrayal to the screen. And the actor on stage wasn't trying to go for that same portrayal. For one, he had a different voice, and right. it was just so jarring to me. Every other role was fine. Every other one. But Snape. <laughs> and and it was just it just made me think about how perfect Alan Rickman did as Snape, and you you just can't see anyone else in that role. Yeah. But there everything else was positive this year for Harry Potter fans. Um Pottermore had a good year. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> <laughs> Pottermore did something it's been promising to do for seven or eight years now. Yeah, Yay. we got the Patronus <laughs> quiz. That was that was very exciting. Um, it was a great quiz. I think I I, I called it a next level personality quiz. It was just fun to take. You had to you had to take it um, somewhat quickly. It was very interactive. It sounded great. It looked great. It was what it was worth the wait. Danielle, what was your Patronus on Pottermore? I didn't take it. Um, <laughs> I, excuse me? You know, I have, I know, well, I didn't take the house quizzes or the house, the regular house quiz until this year when the other one came out. I have stayed so far away from part of Pottermore, partially because of just listening <laughs> to you guys talk about it. Actually, what? that I just, we're turning people off. I know. Guys. So I, I just never, I never got around to it. And it's just kind of one of those things now that I stayed so far away from it that I'm just kind of like, uh. But I also am interested in knowing my Patronus. It's it's very complicated. Take you should go into this is MuggleCast. The I think Andrew, Micah, and myself to listeners everywhere. Don't 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 take don't our, listen to our, us. Our, don't our do criticism. what I did. Go 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 take 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 the quizzes. They're awesome. They're great. They're love Pottermore. Go on Pottermore. Read everything you can possibly read on Pottermore. Well, please do. I, I I can't hold it in my conscience of of Danielle doesn't know her Patronus <laughs> because we told her not to take the quiz. I don't think we ever said that. You did not. Go you and did take not the quiz. That. It's awesome. Don't don't read everything uh, on Pottermore. I'm on their homepage right now. Four reasons we always wanted to run away to the burrow. Oh come no. on. No. <laughs> 
no. But take the quizzes, everybody. They're really yeah. good. Um. Uh, okay, so we got that. Yeah, and speaking of the quizzes, this was the year where we learned about Ilvermorny. It's hard to forget that as well. Um, That's true. And we got the Ilvermorny house quiz. We're still waiting. Pottermore, they did promise, I think, more information on the individual Patronuses. So hopefully that's coming in 2017. Um, we'll, we'll be talking about that in bonus smuggle cast. Um, and hopefully we'll learn more about the Ilvermorny houses because we didn't really learn that much. And I think that was one of my critiques of that whole experience that unlike the Hogwarts quizzes, Hogwarts house quizzes with Ilvermorny, you knew nothing about them going into the quiz. So you didn't really know which house you even wanted or which you identified with from reading previous material from J.K. Rowling. The founding sure. story, though, was was really good. Yeah. So if you do read something on Pottermore, I recommend that. Uh, but I agree that just getting a little bit more information on these houses uh, and then also with the uh, Patronus quiz, that was the one piece I thought was really lacking, Andrew, uh, you mentioned. But the fact that you don't really get a sense of, of what the animal is, that, that you're being aligned with yeah. essentially uh and i don't know if that was just done intentionally on the part of pottermore because they knew that they had been talking about this fans had been talking about this for so long that they just wanted to get it out um and also the fact i mean there's how many different patronuses that you could land on uh to to write descriptions for all of them uh would take i'm sure uh quite a bit of time yeah and if if they wanted to get the quiz out before writing all those, then that's fine. That that I think most people would prefer how they did it. Um, but yeah, I would still like to see descriptions for all of these. Because some people get creatures like, you know, rats and, and cats and no offense to people who like rats and cats. And they're like, what? What the hell? I don't want this. <laughs> I got a West Highland Terrier, a cute doggy. Why? Why, Joe? Why? <laughs> yeah, the rest of us got weasels and different species of yeah, weasels. Yeah, I would be so disappointed um, <laughs> if I got one of those. Well, we know that J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling actually, she has made effort to say how much she loves weasels of all varieties. And I think that's supported by canon. But still. Supported by were, canon. They were like, you're, yeah, you're like. I know what you're saying. Uh, it's just funny. What is it, um? A pine martin and the yeah, major characters have weasel patroni, uh, and the weaselies are the best family. And it looks but like still, uh, a Jarvie, the ferret, is at the center of uh, all the mischief around uh, Newt. It's expulsion. You're mm. right. Ferrets, man. Talking ferrets. So also this year we got the Chamber of Secrets Illustrated Edition. That's a that's a great gift, by the way. If you're still looking for something for a Harry Potter fan, get them books mm. one and two. Um yeah. and then of um, course I re I read from that for our for our channel oh, really? this uh this year it was great yeah for this month did you describe uh, the pictures too I uh, what Dobby running down the stairs with his butt showing no I didn't describe that <laughs> that uh, was a shock I would have loved that, to that hear was that. the chapter that I got that's why yeah, people that was, are supporting was... us Eric you got <laughs> you got to talk about what I'm seeing on the page okay and page three has yeah but um pretty funny stuff but yeah it's a great book the the, the illustrated it's 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 as with the first one it's an addition to the magic the already magical experience of uh reading the harry potter films um but there's there's more than that it really puts you uh where you want to be 
at home. At home. So like, uh, so I did mention Fantastic Beasts and Cursed Child already, but we did get the script books, and I think those are worth mentioning because we could potentially see, given the sales of the Cursed Child and Fantastic Beasts script books, I think those could set off a trend in Hollywood where Star Wars is releasing script books where what other major franchises are happening? Mm, Maybe yeah. Marvel. Well, I, th- hmm? Do you think then that they're going to go back and release them for the Potter films? You know, uh, that's a great question. Would you guys like that? Script books for the Harry Potter no. movies? I think it depends it on the movie. A- mm. Yeah, it sort of serves a different purpose if it's previous films, it's just a money grab, you know, but if it's a contemporary current film with clearly more detail you know in the script than is indicated like the other books were just adaptations so not only are they derivative but they're inferior they're just like we have to make this amazing book work on screen here's the here's the template for how to do that that's all those script books are the the fantastic beast script book is is different right there's more detail Um, written by jk rowling yeah it's it's the only uh it's the only um was the analog it's the only uh compa- it's the only way we can experience that movie in text form whereas with the original harry potter books or movies oh you that's books. a good point as well yeah but still you know scholastic is probably yeah, looking probably at that being they're like hey can it. we publish the scripts pretty 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 please scholastic released their quarterly earnings um a couple weeks ago and of course they thanked harry potter for driving their sales <laughs> so you know they want all things harry potter but anyway i i do think in the future we could see studios and publishers considering publishing more script books harry potter led the way in splitting books into multiple movies things like that so um i think that's about it the the biggest things of the year anything else you guys can remember besides my excellent fan fiction <laughs> Uh, with title by me. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I was um, thinking but, back uh, on the year. I mean, patrons who are listening right now, if there's anything you remember that you wanted to mention, um, be happy to include that. I, I, it was a, but overall, it was a great year. And, um, in bonus Mongo cast, like I said, we'll talk about what we can expect from Pottermore and, and, and JK Rowling in the year ahead. I think now there's a, tr- I think now the ball is rolling quickly again. And I think, Obviously, we're not going to get a new movie and a new play in 2017, but I think there's still going to be a lot to look forward to. Uh, hopefully, casting uh, calls and uh, auditions for the role of the Jarvi, the speaking role of the Jarvi. I want to go for that. I want to. I want to be the talking ferret in uh, in Fantastic Beasts too. That... Yeah, the screaming ferret. That <laughs> sounds like a great job. <laughs> Scream. Oh no! That reminds me of something we do no, have to look forward to in 2017. But I, I'll talk about it in bonus Marvel cast. Um, yeah. How's that for a tease? So, so <laughs> to wrap up the show today, Eric, you reached out to our followers on Twitter, didn't you? Yes. Uh, so something that 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 does bother me from all that's coming out post Fantastic Beasts uh, about the future of the franchise is that it seems to be getting away from America. Um, and, and it's confirmed that Fantastic Beasts 2 will be taking place in Paris and back at Hogwarts with Dumbledore in the film. 
all sorts of stuff, but nobody's saying anything about coming back to America. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel terrible about it. And so I asked on Twitter, what more uh, story-wise would you want to see uh, come out of the American Wizarding World? What do you want to know more about that was not currently touched on? Uh, you know, hopefully J.K. Rowling at some point does go into more detail about America, because if she doesn't, um, then what we got was kind of um, sad and depressing. So, gay wizards! Uh, I have about se- seven or eight. I want to know about <laughs> gay wizards in America. You, you don't in think America? that she gave a lot of backstory, though, on America? Yeah, but it was all, it was all, it was all, yeah, but it was all depressing. It was all, they have the death penalty, and they all, you know, they hate each other, and the, the second Salemers run rampant, burning witches again, and it's, it's all negative, right? Mm. There's very little hope. In 1920s America, there's very little hope. So I want more about all the good things that uh, that Americans have done uh, since. I, I want to know, because Harry Potter fans, uh, American Harry Potter fans, make up the most passionate, most um, active fans on the internet. I mean, no Whoa. offense to anybody Send else. Send your hate mail <laughs> to Eric. There's there's more of us, and and the version of America that we got I don't feel I'm wrong in saying this or, or being unfair in saying this. The, the the America that we got was depressing, right? And and our school, like, we never got to see it on film, which I thought that was the whole point of even introducing Overmorning was giving it the film treatment. It wasn't good enough. It didn't rate a film. So, and now we're leaving it behind yeah. in the dirt. It- we got this de- depressing, bleak, go on, please. No, I was just going to say, it felt very much like uh, just base information. Like, we didn't really, we got all of the background, but there was no, not a lot of application. Mm. Um, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't as magical. It was like, yes, this, it was presented, but there wasn't much done with it. I, yeah. I think so, that's a fair assessment, but I also think, though, that with this particular movie, we're not dealing with three 11 year old kids. We're dealing with, you know, four mm-hmm. adults who are, you know, if you were if you were to start off Harry Potter, uh, you know, and and take some of the characters that are more of an adult age, even with the fact that Voldemort has has fallen but is slowly starting to come back to power, I think you would see a far more different story. And I think that's what that's, we get here yeah. in Fantastic Beasts. You're dealing with adults, and yeah, things aren't all happy go lucky, but. I don't know. That's that's just how I'm looking at it, and that's actually really that makes a lot of sense. To be completely honest, like that, that's a good point. However, it's <laughs> it's not it 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 doesn't make it right for the fact that the the like sort of the the overwhelming feeling around the information that we've gotten from the wizarding community and the backstory in America is predominantly negative. Uh, you know, I, I I agree with that assessment, um, but and, and I'm not sure what it's supposed to mean uh, in the larger scheme of things. You know, if if there's other points that are trying to be made here, uh, that's probably for another discussion. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, it's just that we've spent 20 years wanting to go to Hogwarts, and we don't yet have a refuge. In America, that's as beautiful and wonderful and amazing and and fantastic and you know fantasy based. So that that's where I'm coming from. Mentioning the American it's in Orlando fans though, and L.A. It's in Orlando. Yeah, that's true. We do have the Wizarding. So American fans. Have, oh, have by the that. way, anyway, fun but, update. 
parking yeah. is now twenty dollars at Universal Hollywood. Get the hell out of here. Just go. Get Just have your butter beer. Here. Go have the butter beer. More expensive than, than yeah, Disney. I'll give you the, huh? I'll give you the $20. Okay, give me the 20 bucks and then I'll, I'll go. $20. You have to have hot butter Just beer. Just take a giant hot caravan. It's the best. Giant caravan yeah. for what? Take an Uber. So I can pay $50 take, for oversized Uber. parking Uber. <laughs> I, kn- I know you are a $7 Uber ride from the park. Do not bullshit me. I know this. Yeah. For fact. I like wow. driving. So it's also how do you know you that? Can That's get there weird. and back and not have to worry yeah, about parking. Weird. I'm loading it's, up Uber right now trying yeah. I'm gonna tell you what it is. But go ahead, keep talking. Okay. Hot butterbeer, man. Hot butterbeer is so worth it. So we're gonna read from Twitter now. Sorry to interject with all of my thoughts on America. But here's what uh listeners of the show want out of American Wizarding World that we haven't yet gotten. Andrew DeFrank writes Quad Pot. So much quad pot. I actually, I think quad pot is something that, what is quad American pot? Quidditch. I had no idea. American Quidditch. I think it's, I, I, yeah, I think in Quidditch Through the Ages, it said that Americans prefer quad pot to Quidditch. Yeah, and, and it's like a, it's, it's a but, hot potato type game. Of course. And see, nobody was playing that in this movie because it was such a depressing era um, for America. So quad pot. Awesome. Thank By you. By the way, uh, Rachel. 772 yeah. to get to. Universal there you Hollywood go right there you go so there and back it's 15 dollars round trip for you to get there not worry about parking you already have a season pass just get your hot butterbeer i've been trying <sighs> to get you to try the hot butterbeer and so is gina and we just forever man forever <sighs> first they lied about having it that was horrible of them but now it's, they finally have it and i you don't want to get near their parking lot i am just disgusted by these prices <laughs> to even guess or think that i may have parked at a 20 dollars parking lot anyway go ahead hey man stick to your guns rachel kitsaro on twitter is there a u.s version of diagon alley that's a good question i bet it would be a mall to be honest i bet it would be a multi-story <laughs> mall if it were in america um but it's a good question yeah right um amy w says uh, oh amy w while wearing her weasley sweater uh, she pointed that out. She's wearing the Ronald Weasley R sweater. Yes. Uh, she says, how how do you find out that you've been accepted to Ilvermorny? Do they do it by letter like Hogwarts? Mm. Um, I do want to know that that little mm. bit. Um, Maddie J. Here's the hopeful note. I'd want to know what U.S. wizards in history may have contributed to the world as a whole, such as inventors, medicine, founding fathers. Um, that's a good point. What is America's contribution, Joe, to the wizarding world um, at large? None. Greg Scott. Yeah, none. Um, they were too busy killing each other and not sleeping with muggles. Greg Scott <laughs> says, how has nomad and wizard witch relations been since the 1920s? So there's that. Did they did they improve? I think they um, from the events. of I think. Beasts? Well, until we found out that Grindelwald was going to have a big role, I thought the big arc in this movie series was going to be the relations probably getting worse for a little bit, but then ultimately improving. I think we'll still see some of that in the movie series, but um, I I do think they improve. I think they have to, right? That's what JK Rowling would want to end this on. I think so. Um, Yeah. America's just depicted as being a little behind on the whole, Mm -hmm. you know, equality for all sort of thing, because they're still hiding and running Mm -hmm. for their lives. Um, Carrie Bowman Deep breath. What's it like in Harry's Hogwarts years and also now? When did they abolish the no fraternization with no matches? Um, 
so yeah are our times today okay are they forward are they as 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 forward thinking and liberal as we like to believe the world is in general is america better for wizards now than it was in the mm. 20s uh asks gary bowman um stephanie asks or at doodles three five seven, which just for some reason I love that Twitter. Is there more of a focus on nonverbal spells, uh, because of how they hide, because of how they had had to hide their magic more? Seemed like that in the movie. Um, I think that's also part of what Micah was saying about being an adult. There's just more nonverbal magic in general, but it's a fair enough question because they are under the statute of secrecy, which is more intense. Ginny well, Weasley's on, on Twitter. On asks, that, real quick, I oh, think. Yeah. Um, we're also dealing with adult wizards more in this, uh, whereas yep. the younger wizards in Hogwarts weren't as experienced. So, and it takes more, more skills. It, it, you got to be more, uh, sk- a better skilled. I don't know how I'm supposed to phrase this sentence. You got to be a better wizard to, <laughs> to do magic, nonverbal <laughs> to do spells. Non-verbal. Yeah. More experienced. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you're dealing with horrors in in uh, Fantastic mm-hmm. Beasts, um, so they're going to be more competent at that. Uh, at Ginny Weasley's sunglasses on Twitter, um, what they're going to do about <laughs> Trump? <laughs> so she wants to know what American wizards are going to do about the president-elect of the United States. Okay, um, Abby Lee. Finally, uh, do you think Ilvermorny covers all of North America? Europe gets at least three schools, but North America get one dot 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 question mark uh emoji with the finger on the chin and the well frowning, europe uh twice europe i mean the uk is separated you know it's it's on its own yeah but the the european schools are seem kind of small so i would think that north america would able to be just like a larger school like i think that they if the UK or the if Europe wasn't so separated as much, I think they could have easily had one school. But because they were different countries, maybe that's why they had multiple. Whereas North America could probably just have one. Mm. Yeah, um, they're all bigger on the inside, uh, or they could be. Yeah, um, and how do they I, get I, to the school? Hmm. Ooh. Is there a train? <laughs> but platform nine and one quarter. Um, <laughs> platform but- USA. USA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, there's a metric joke. That's how you get through the platform. Much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, guys, so that, that we want to thank um, our Twitter listeners who sent in uh, answers to that question. There is still some things about America that we do hope J.K. Rowling answers. Um, and I hope they, I certainly hope for the franchise as well, seeing as how they set their first film uh, in America. I hope they don't leave it forever. Yeah. Um, and Jacob, you know, you got a great character in Jacob, not to mention Tina and Queenie, uh, Tina and Queenie, um, who live in America and would ideally be part of the future. Um, maybe Jacob will represent all Americans in the coming films if he returns. Mm. I think he will return. It'll be interesting to see how he gets he is worked in, though. I'm not sure he can appear in the all four movies it doesn't seem like he could have as big a role right in all four maybe like for numbers two and three and then he gets killed or something and then that's that (laughs) what if he gets killed i mean that would be super sad the only american dies i think Um, i think jk rowling's gonna kill him mark my words all right everybody um he's gonna choke on a niffler pastry (laughs) 
Well, that would be an unfortunate oh, way to die. That's so sad. I was thinking, Jesus, like, we he, we need a happy. I, I was thinking, he'd get hit by a spell, or or a beast would kill him, and then audiences would cry because that poor guy, he just loved magic, and he died experiencing what he loved. He got too close to an erumpent. Um, I did want to mention uh, something happy, though, guys. We got a Christmas card. Awesome. Before from- we close Aww. the episode, we got a Christmas card earlier this month from Renee C. And I posted it in the document. Any of our listeners who are in the, or any of our Patreon listeners who are in the document, and you guys are in the document, I see you. Uh, take a look at this card. It's adorable. It's Snape. Um, and he's frowning, but he wears a hat. Reminds me a little bit of art that used to exist of Micah and, uh, all of us at, uh, by Kelly Egan, that art that, that she did where we were all by the Christmas tree and Snape was not looking happy, but it's yep. unhappy Snape with the Santa I hat. I still on have it. that, actually. You still have that? Well, we should share it on social. Um, it's, the card says, you still believe in Santa after all this time. And the inside, of course, says, just a smidge. No, it says always. Never. Um, oh. and she wrote us a, a, a lovely little note saying she's a longtime listener and is excited for all the new content we're talking about. And she says, keep up the great work. So thank you very much, Renee. That was our, our first Christmas card this year, uh, sent to the, the PO box. First and maybe last. <laughs> maybe last. I say that to guilt every listener who hasn't sent us one too quickly. Send us a card no. at 4044 North Lincoln Avenue, box 144 in Chicago 60618. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you for um, listening over the past year. It's been a great year for us. Uh, thanks to our patrons in particular for helping bring back the show in a big way. Who knows? Maybe in 2017, we will be going weekly. I mean, we are kind of getting close to that. Uh, if you We're do want to support close. us on Patreon, we would really appreciate it. You can pledge as little as $2 a month. We are going to be making some plans to uh, change up the patron in certain ways in the new year. Um, new benefits and whatnot. Uh, so look forward to those. Really, Patreon's an amazing resource for creators, any creator, um, to have the support of their fans. And our fans turned out in a big way, and we're just so appreciative. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, and speaking of the Patreon, uh, we're going to have a bonus MuggleCast on there talking about what's coming up in 2017 for Harry Potter fans. We have a list here. And <laughs> it's my favorite time of year. We're going to talk about the chances of an encyclopedia happening <laughs> next year. I want a supercut of every single time we've talked about every time. the encyclopedia happening. <laughs> the encyclopedia. I would love to hear all of our thoughts on the encyclopedia going back to like 2005. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, Challenge accepted. Yeah. Transcripts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, which I'm, uh, which, there we go. That's a great. That's something play. that will happen in 2017. We will have transcripts up on our new MuggleCast website. Uh, I'm in charge of it, and I'm going to do it. Get gonna on that, it. Eric. We're going to put it up. Yeah, we got to get up. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. And Danielle, thanks for coming on. It was great to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have been on. Oh, awesome. She's the best. We'll come back soon. Yeah, we'll have you on again. Absolutely. Oh, uh, I'd love to. Thank you. Great. Yeah. Um, only if you send us a Christmas card, though. Ooh, okay. <laughs> All right, I'll see what I can do. You know, maybe if I don't make it under, like, the Christmas deadline, I could just hand deliver it to Eric. Would that work? There you go. There you go. Eric I'm going to be in that. Pennsylvania that over Christmas, so I'll get all Christmas Aww. cards in January anyway, so you can afford to be a little late. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll see everybody yeah. in the new year for 2017 and beyond. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Danielle. I'm Micah. 
Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. 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 Dun, 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 dun.